You're listening to Awakening with Rabbi Ami Silver on the Shefa Podcast Network. Join Rabbi Ami as he shares from the wellsprings of Jewish spiritual teaching and practice and guides us on a path of healing, transformation, and awakening to experiencing the divine. There's a custom in yeshivas and batei midrash and communities around the world to gather late at night on Thursdays and learn Torah, something that's called mishmar. Mishmar literally has to do with a kind of watch, sort of the night shift. And likely the idea comes from the mishmarot and the Beit HaMikdash, that the Levim and the Kohanim would take different turns um, being on duty. And that there are those who want to take the late shift at the end of a long week and be the ones studying Torah into the night, taking that shift that maybe is the time when we would all want to really just kind of fold gently into our beds and and to, to pick ourselves, lift ourselves up specifically at that point and and, and sit in that watch. Um, for me, I think what, what this is for me is another meaning of Vishmor, which is a kind of guarding or really what I would call self-preservation. It's the end of a long week. It's always a long week when it reaches its end. And, and I'm pulled here to to give a little time, to devote a little time for self-preservation. What is the Torah I'm needing to hear, to listen, to imbibe right now, to be lifted by, to be saturated by, um, specifically here at the end of this week of work before the next leg of work that's going to carry me into Shabbos? What is the kind of vitamin and, and spiritual support I can I can give myself at this point to carry me through this with vitality, opening, freedom, excitement. And uh, this week I want to begin with a teaching from the piece that's Narebi. My, my kavanah here really is to, to look for the Torah that's nourishing me in this moment, in this day, in this week, in this time. So this is a Torah from the P.S.S. Nerebi's Sefer, Derech HaMelech, a drasha from Parshat Naso, Tafresh Tzadi, 1930. And the Rebbe begins with a familiar set of, of Sukim, the Birkat Kohanim, the priestly blessing. Hashem tells Moshe to speak to Aaron, Ve'elbanav, Le'mor, to all of the Family of Aaron, right? The priestly blessing was And this verse is end with God saying, and they will place my name upon the children of Israel and I will bless them. So on this, the Rabbi begins asking his questions. You shall have need to understand. Verses here sound like Hashem is saying the Kohanim are the ones who give the blessing. 
right? This is how they shall bless the children of Israel. But then ends by saying, and I will bless them. Ani levad, me alone, God says. And that at this point, it seems like a kind of switch. All the Kohanim are going to do is to place God's name upon B'nai Israel. They're not actually going to be the ones blessing. It's going to be God blessing. So, it's brought in the Midrash Tanchuma. In this world, God says, My spirit gave wisdom into you, placed wisdom into you. I gave you wisdom through my spirit, my ruach. And in the future, I will grant you wisdom. I will place my wisdom into you. And enliven you. As it says, As it says, and this is in Yechezkel chapter 37 in the vision of the dry bones coming to life there the prophet says God says I will I've given my spirit into you and given you life that's the Midrash another Rabbi asks this Midrash seems that its beginning and end contradict each other because at the beginning it says, It says, God is saying in the future, I'm going to give you wisdom, right? In, the, in this world, it was my spirit that gave you wisdom. In the future, I will give you wisdom. But then ends with the verse, It ends with a pasuk that actually speaks about God's wisdom coming into us and granting us life. So how do you, how do you get from, how does this pasuk make the Midrash's point? It actually sounds like it's saying the opposite. Aval pashut afshar, says the Rebbe, simply, it's possible. Ki ata ha-chokma sheyesh le-ish ha-Yisraeli hu mebchinat ruach shalamalach. That at this point, at present, the wisdom, the chokma, the awareness and consciousness that we have comes from the quality of what's called ruach shalamalach, the spirit of beyond, the spirit of above. As the Midrash says, Who's the active agent here granting chokhmah, granting wisdom and awareness, according to the Midrash? Ruchi. God's saying, my spirit, as if my messenger, my spirit, my ruach is the one giving you chokhmah in this world. But in the future, and this future that's being described by the Midrash is, is actually typified by a kind of sh- drastic shift in how we receive the source of our consciousness, of our wisdom, of our chokhmah. That this vision of what is, what does the future hold for us? The future holds a change from receiving wisdom from some kind of spirit beyond us to receiving wisdom from God's own self.
the Rebbe obviously didn't explain his kashya, his question on the midrash of how Ruhi comes in at the at the end there. Let's see if we get there. Save for the end. That's what he's going to do. Rebbe goes on. The entire universe, even all of the angelic realms, all that has been created here in this world, they are rooted in what's called Ruach Shalmala, as it says in Tehillim, piv that Hashem has created, creates all from Ruach Piv, from this breath of God's mouth, right? This creative act of expression that the Torah describes as speech. There's the breath, the speech breath of God that sustains all life. But the Shorash Israel, the source of Israel, the source of the soul, comes from the quality of divine Chokhmah. As it says in Rashi Rabbi Israel, the conception of the Chachamim is that the seed that motivates the act of creation before all of the particulars that really fuels the whole unfolding process is this awareness, this machshava in the divine of the soul being created, of nishmat Yisrael, that being the kind of animating force of all of creation. Yisrael being not only a national name, but in its root, Yisrael, as we see with Yaakov Avinu, being the point at which humankind, human beings, are able to contact their creator in a full and direct way. As the Ish, that mysterious figure says to Yaakov, you can sustain the grappling with human and divine. Which might just mean biographically Yaakov was able to confront both the human human challenges and his challenges vis-a-vis God. But I think in a deeper sense, Sarita is that you are able to embody the grappling with the divine and the human that coexist within you. Whereas the Mekubalim say in Israel is the word Yashar El, a kind of direct point of contact between the created human being and their creator. That this degree of intimate connection is what animates and really provides the motivating force for all of creation. Which the Pesach is saying, this rising in divine thought, as is described by the Midrash, takes place in the Atzilut, in that reality of total nearness with the divine, in that elemental source of all being in all life, at which point God and God's vitality, life force is one. All that happens there is one within God. This germ, seed of creation, this thought that God has, if we can even say that, 
to create a world for the intended purpose of there being a conscious, a human consciousness that is aware of this connection with the divine. That is what humanity is here to be awakened to. And in this depiction, that's something that precedes all else that has been created. So all that's created of the universe, even the angelic realms, all of spiritual and material reality is from this ruach. This is the spirit that moves it, that vitalizes it, that gives it life and formation and being. However, there's something, a kind of root identity of the soul that exists, Rebbe says, in that nearness with God. Atzilut also uh, has to do with a sense of nobility. Right, it's when in Parshat Mishpatim, when the elders um, ride, go up Mount Sinai with Moshe and Aaron, and it says that they sit there and they see this vision of God and they eat and they drink. The Atzilim of Israel, the noble ones of the nation, were not harmed by this close contact with God. Atzilut is also this inherent nobility that is in each one of us. That's derived from that which has brought us here. So that's a place that the Rebbe says is connected to what's called it's a nearness to God's own self from which humanity derives. So the Rebbe goes on. We have no idea what this is actually talking about. <laughs> the spirit and chokhmah of the divine. We don't know what this is. Let's think of a human parable. The breath of our mouths. Once it is uncovered, once we speak and breathe and exhale, so that breath is slightly removed, separated from the person who breathes. The whereas wisdom or consciousness, even when one shares their wisdom with another person and reveals it, brings it into manifestation. So that wisdom remains intact within that person. There's been no change in the wisdom they've they contain once they've shared it. They share their wisdom and they still can contain all of that wisdom that was shared. They still possess it because it is part of their own being, which is different from the, the breath that I exhale. It, it leaves me when I breathe. In this world, it's my spirit, God says, that gives you chokhmah. Our consciousness, our awareness, our dat is in this quality of ruach shalmala. It's like the divine exhale. God breathes awareness into us, and once it is breathed outward towards us, it is, at least on the realm of experience, we experience ourselves and our awareness as, and receive it as something separate from its source. gives an, an expression of this. So on the one hand, part of the implication is that there's nothing I can 
comprehend or even quite imagine that exists beyond this level of ruach, of this separate reality from God. Anything that I could conjure up in, in this mind, this separated, that is going to be limited and contained to that realm of the ruach, of that outbreath, of that which is already, even at most, slightly separate from its source. And even more so, we have total free reign to construe and lead our minds and our consciousness to a place that's the polar opposite of, of the divine or of that which is tov, of this goodness from, from where it comes. In a sense, once there is a sense of separateness, that separateness both creates a kind of firm barrier between us and the source and also allows for a f the full range of awareness and thought and consciousness in, in separation from its source. Rabbi goes on, in other words, So even now, in an essential way, in a fundamental way, our root is from this from this divine source of wisdom, of, of awareness, this quality of the ani shalmala, right? That chokhmah that does not separate from its source, from the one from whom it comes. However, our awareness, so our, the root of our identity is rooted in the divine, but our awareness, our chokhmah, comes from that quality of ruach that is drawn to us through this breath of God, through this slightly separated and then fully separated kind of reality. And if then, Rabbi says, a person wants to only stick to their own awareness, to their da'at, not only Will the ani shalmala, that I of above, that highest self of the divine source, will not be revealed through this person or within them? But in a deep sense, our very self, our core identity will never be known to us. We only can experience life and ourselves and our awareness in this separated way of ruach piv, that which has emitted from the mouth of God at best, a kind of exhale that leaves the mouth and remains outside. So not only will we not have this perception of God, we won't fully come to know ourselves. Atzmuto loi the, the only thing that can be revealed within ourselves will be this kind of breath of that we can experience ourselves as sustained by divine oxygen. Or maybe in this uh, model, carbon dioxide, God breathes out into us. However, it's going to remain in the separateness. It is a awareness that will forever remain separate 
in its identity from that which it comes from. But the Rebbe says we're not hopeless. However, this ascension, this coming closer that the Midrash speaks about in the future of I am giving you wisdom and enlivening you, of, of being sustained by the divine self itself in a direct way, that is a kind of reality that we have to prepare for, we have to foster. And each, each individual person has an obligation to bring themselves nearer to redemption. Something we say in the Chadodi every come close to my self, my soul, and redeem it. So this isn't just a prayer that we ask for to come close and be redeemed, but they're be saying this is something that we have to engage in ourselves of bringing into now that reality that the Midrash is telling us will be one day, because I suppose, how else will it be one day? He goes on, The Gemara in, in Yerushalmi Yoma says, Anyone who does not, for whom the Beit HaMikdash, the temple, isn't built in their days, is as if it was destroyed in their days. So there will be paraphrase. He says, it's not just did you live in the right time period in which the Beit HaMikdash was rebuilt. The Rebbe says, Kol ish tzarich im yamav. The Gemara says, anyone for whom the Beit HaMikdash wasn't built biyamav, with their own days, with the days of their own lives, if they, if each one of us, if each person had not engaged in building the peace of that redemptive edifice that is their own, and to bring themselves closer to being redeemed. This is what the Gemara is referring to there. He says, we have a mission of self-redemption. And in this matter, this quality that we've been speaking about to bring ourselves close to divine awareness, this divine consciousness of I give wisdom to you, I place wisdom in you and enliven you. He says there's a path towards this. The path towards it is what he calls complete faith in God. Complete faith of God sounds like something quite impossible, doesn't it? I'm with you. Let's hear what the Rebbe says. The Rebbe says, in our emunah, in faith, we place our faith in that which is beyond da'at, beyond the confines and limits of our knowledge and awareness. If you recall, the Rebbe said just before, 
that living in a reality of ruch, of our consciousness and awareness being confined to that ruach, to that spirit, to that outbreath, so then it is confined as something that will always, even at its greatest heights, be separate. However, the Rebbe says there is a pathway to contacting, accessing something beyond those limits of our separate awareness and consciousness, which he calls emunah. Because emunah, faith, in the way that he's describing, is something that accesses that which exists beyond my knowledge. It transcends my limitations. I believe in that which I don't fully know and grasp. Let's see how he describes it. With what do we access emuna? What muscle, what part of us can believe? Think about it for a moment. They'll be saying believing is something that transcends your, your ability to know, comprehend, be even fully aware of. So how do you access something? What, is, what part of you does that? Tfilin mikayim biyad. Tell me the mitzvah of tfilin. I can do that with my hands. Ahavala Hashem. Even something a little less tangible, like love for God. Bemidat ahavashel. Well, we all have the capacity for love. That is with which we love God. Uvemahu ma'amin. What is it inside of me that is able to believe? People think that it is enough to believe with our thoughts. To think with their thoughts. I have a thought, which is that I believe in something that is beyond my thinking, that is beyond my understanding. I intellectually believe that there is something that exists beyond what I can comprehend, even beyond all worlds, the entire universe that is, I intellectually believe that there's something that transcends that. But in the end of the day, in this manner, I'm really only believing with my thoughts. I'm believing with my intellect. It's still confined to that reality of my thinking of my awareness. And as we've, according to what we've said so far, the Rebbe says, It is not sufficient to believe in something that transcends the mind. Rather, we believe together with that which transcends the mind. What is it that can access something beyond the confines of our understanding, of our knowing? The Rebbe seems to be saying that that rests on our ability to connect with the part of our own selves that exists beyond our knowing beyond our understanding. It's that with which we are ma'amin. Let's let him speak more to it. It's not merely with the mind and the thoughts that we think 
thoughts of belief that we think that we believe. Because as we've said, that kind of emunah is, is all the breath of the mouth. It's all in a separate state. And a person cannot ascend, elevate to the shoresh, to the root to which we need to access in order to touch in order to inhabit and taste some of that not only promise of the future reality and relationship but that which the Rebbe has said until now is the truer foundation of our being in this way we continue to remain outside because our our essential self, etzim v'shorish Yisrael, the root of our being here. We have not attached ourselves to our root in God. And another Rabbi saying is attaching with ourselves to our root. It is not thinking about, even with full conviction, that there is something out there greater than us, beyond us. That is an intellectual thinking, the Rebbe says, that is not accessing emuna. Accessing emuna is accessing a part of self that exists in a state, in a closeness and nearness to God that is more fundamental and primary than anything we can possibly think and understand. In a sense, it's beyond even believing. It's it's a attachment of self to God. He goes on and says that Mount Sinai, God says, God didn't show up at Mount Sinai and say, I am God. The first words of Mount Sinai were, Anochi Hashem Elokecha, I am Hashem, your God. Lo Elokechem, Lashon Rabim, and neither did God say, I am your God. In the plural, Rak Elokecha, Lashon Yachid. It's in the individual, I am yours. Shetzarich Aish Lekabel al Atzmo Biprat Yutat Elokoto Yitbarach, meaning that a person needs to receive individually, privately, God upon themselves. They need their own quality of connection with the divine. And to attach the individualized root of themselves to God. In a sense, to really hear these words and receive them of Anochi Hashem Elokecha, I need to get in touch with the part of myself that is purely me, that is a self unlike any other, not in some grandiose way, but in a deeply real and honest way, and to attach with God in 
my selfhood, through my selfhood. When a person doesn't attach the uniqueness of their very self and root in God, so at most they can testify that Hashem Elohim, there is a God. But they have not yet fulfilled, embodied, received these words, I am Hashem, your God. Emuna needs to be with one's self, with one's own root, not merely a thought. Now the Rebbe is going to give an example of this, something he does a lot, especially in Darach HaMelech, where he speaks of ideas and concepts and then without warning um, engages in a expression, an articulation of what this looks like or may feel like an experience. So here the Rebbe offers, Tzarichu le'orer b'kirvo da'aga shashiflut atzmo. Person needs to arouse and awaken within themselves a concern over their shiflutatsmo, their low state of being. And to feel, to really taste the choser, that which I'm lacking. Not just that which I'm lacking, but my lacking itself, to taste and experience that my limits, my smallness of myself, of my spirit, of my soul. And and the distance of myself, my state, from its holy source. And when a person says, I lift my eyes to the mountains, where will my help come from? They should think to themselves, imagine, bring myself into the mentality. lifting my eyes and asking in desperation, where will my help come from? This isn't just about being in a particular situation of desperation. This is a cry that emerges from really taking stock of the totality of my situation and letting myself see and be aware of all of the places that I am just not there. All of the elements where I have no sense of of how to move forward, of how to proceed. Rabbi describes being surrounded by walls, by mighty mountains that close me in and seal up the path of moving forward He's saying, I lift my eyes to the mountains that are closing in on me from all sides. Where is there to go? It's from the the inner of my, the insides of my heart that I scream this out. The only thing that I can say is, 
the help, the path, the way, the ability to be here will only come from one place. On some level, what the Rebbe is doing is guiding us to see all that we can comprehend and its deep and desperate limits and contact the sense of urgency and of honest longing where we turn to something that we need to be sustained by that transcends everything that we can see before us right now. And what happens from this place, there he says, a person begins to bring them their self closer. Pushing the self closer through the mind, the thinking, through the heart and the feeling, one push after the next, El Hashem, to the divine, to God, to the only one who can offer hope from this situation. Now listen to this. Et Hashem einhu masig. The person has no comprehension of God. Raket hergashat hachoser shalo. Shehu rachok mimenu yitbarach margish v'koevlo. It's only the feeling of my own lack, how distant I am from that which I'm seeking, that I feel and that I'm pained by. And within myself, I am pushing and bringing myself closer. A kind of push, pressure, pressing, and closeness that is transcends my thoughts, knowledge, awareness. Something that I do not know or exactly see or recognize that which I am coming close to, I can't even quite see what it is. I'm bringing myself closer to something that I don't know what it is. There is no sign. There is no light. There is nothing being shown to me. I'm actually bringing myself closer to something that is unknown to me. But it is there to which my inner urge is pushing and seeking. It's because I am in this moment coming closer to something that transcends the ability to understand. And here the Rebbe is coming back to something he said before. It's also something within myself. I don't know what part of me is bringing me here. This impulse, this drive, this urgency, this push. I couldn't tell you what it is in me. As if these two unknown magnets within me and the divine are being pulled toward one another. I don't know what that is and I don't know what this is. I couldn't tell you what this is and I couldn't put my finger on what that is. Because what we're talking about now is not my thoughts, my words, actions that I've done. It's just that my eyes are shut closed. 
ומחשבתו ורצונו, וכל מידותיו נכללים ונעלמים בנפשו, all of my thinking, all desires, all of my מידות, parts of self, qualities, they're all subsumed and נעלמים בנפשו, subsumed and, and really concealed within myself in this moment. There is a whole self that is pushing me forward. That is drawing me towards Hashem. Vizoti emuna Hashem says there be. This is emuna ba Hashem. Remember what he said before. It's not belief about God that there is God. It's belief with God. It is belief with the unknowable divine. Not merely belief that there is a God. This is what it looks like for Hashem to be our personal God, our personal force of being. And that we are beholden to and attached to in an essential way. It's touching that bond at the core. You are my God and I am yours. And as a person deepens into this practice, into this awareness, into this reality, and brings himself up, brings himself to a kind of closeness that transcends and just shatters the limits of thought. Afterwards, as a person deepens into this kind of practice and this point of connection, then they can bring themselves closer to God in the more known realms of thinking and awareness, of speaking, of action. That in a sense, it's a core point of relationship that requires its own kind of investment and giving ourselves into in order to then have an embodied, aware, mindful sense of this connection in our more normative thinking, behaviors, habits, speech, interactions with the world. But it all rests on being able to touch something that's beyond that too. I'm gonna skip ahead a little bit, not because it doesn't warrant learning, but for the sake of, of this session. Rabbi says on the next page, Reshit hi ha-emuna. is that the, primary, the primal point, it's the beginning. It is primary. Not thinking that I believe. Rather, contacting the self that is ma'amin. When I attach in emunah with my self, 
with the ani shalmala, the eye above. And here you see already the Rebbe is melding the eye. Who is the eye that I'm speaking of? The ani shalmala, it's that unknown selfhood of God, but the Anishamala is also the unknown root of myself. The piece of me that really, it transcends my personality. It transcends, it is here with me despite all of my limits and failings and smallness and shortcomings and mistakes and brokenness and hopelessness. There is a piece of me that shares in that nobility and that nearness. And it's that which drives my being here. And it's that which the Rebbe says, we do have access to in some way. That is what he calls emunah, touching that place of self, that anishal mala, which is not only a conceptual I of God's self that exists beyond my world, but it is an I. It is a me. that is Shalmala, that is above, that exists beyond the me that I know in this way, in these limits and confines. They don't cancel each other out, but what the Rebbe is doing is teaching us to, in a sense, build a bridge, to begin to draw threads between my embodied experience of myself and that self that, that exists in a more primal relationship with God and, and selfhood as well. He goes on, he says, with, through this Anishal Mala, through attaching to this Anishal Mala, this higher I, this higher self, then we can draw this Emunah, this kind of connection, to our chokhmah, to our awareness and knowledge and wisdom. Here the Rebbe is already beginning to draw the link to what he said before, that this Midrash speaking about the future is an avoda, it's a practice that we can engage in, in the here and now. To have that relationship of ani noten machem chokhmah, of our awareness being shaped by and informed by and receiving from that self beyond this. If I can just speak it out and kind of outside of the text here, just in a, by association, P. Sessner speaks a lot about the function of mind and thought and even feeling. And that we are basically habituated to have a, a sense of, of brain images and of thought patterns that are really responsive to the stimuli around us and nothing more. Right? From infancy through adulthood to the entirety of our lifetime, most of us have a awareness that is completely colored by and defined by things of the world, experiences that we have encountered and embedded in memory and replay in various forms and shapes over and over and over again throughout our lifetime the incredible retainer and processing machine that is called the human brain. But the Rebbe says, if that is all that we are to perceive and that is all that colors and informs our awareness, we, we will never gain a conscious contact with the divine that exists 
within and beyond all of this. So a lot of the Rebbe's path of Avodah and a lot of his Sfarim, are based on an ability in building the, the skills and practices that can help expand the perceptive lenses and the ability to receive and experience that which is not confined by the shapes that things take in our experience of them throughout our lifetime, but by something that reverberates and is present and also transcends them at every moment. So here I see the Rebbe doing something similar. In a sense, he's talking about changing the way our brains and minds work, changing the way that we're able to experience or expanding the range of experience. My chokhmah, my knowledge, awareness, conscious sense of self and experience in this world can be informed by ha'anishamah, not only by the limits of what I have come to know as my separate self, the ruach piv, that which lives from the outbreath of God, but actually accessing something of a self that's embedded in the creator of all, that can then have a consciousness that's colored by that point of attachment, that perspective. He goes on and he says that the chokhmah can then be not only confined to the ruach, to the spirit, to that, again, separate outbreath, but it can contact ani noten mechem chokhmah. It is the I, the ani, who gives chokhmah to, to you. As the major says, hitkarvut v'tikun la'atid, kind of coming close to that great tikun, that great healing and repair of the future. Ki mishali because someone whose heart is empty, umatchil lachshov b'machshava levad, as machshavato v'dato rak koach kikol akochot anivraimhi. This is a bit related to what, what I said before somebody who the Rebbe describes as having an empty heart and then begins to just kind of use their intellect to try to contact the divine or even to just perceive and think as the mind, the thinking, the awareness, it's merely like just another created koach, another force of, of creation, another piece of this universe. Which is not the case when our consciousness is attached to and our self is attached to again, not only in God, that there is a God, but with something of God. So then what does it mean to have a kind of awareness? It is not something that I've come to through intellectual exercise. It is merely, the Rebbe says, a drawing of yidi'ah, of knowledge and awareness that is hidden, embedded in that emunah that transcends my mind, my thinking. I have an ability to draw into my self an awareness of that which transcends my ability to perceive and understand. And I draw it from that place of emunah, bahashem, of that place of contacting self beyond Self, ani shel mala, the root of my being.
And then he says, the that kind of embodied knowledge is not merely a knowledge or wisdom of ruh, of that kind of breath, that spirit that gives us wisdom. We are receiving from the Ani Shalmala. It says about Avraham Avinu that he was ma'amin and that he thought it or it was thought of. It says With Avraham, we see this process following the steps. First, emunah, first that attachment to something beyond. Then, machshava, what flowed out from there was thought, was awareness. We tend to think that thinking is kind of the apex of of human genius of human you know the heights that we can reach and there would be saying no there's something beyond thinking and that is a fullness of self a kind of primary identity that can be accessed beyond what you can know or arrive at through intellectual thought process and yet our thought process can receive from that sense that experience of the fullness of self rooted in our source. He goes on, he says, Look at the language of Avraham again. Avraham had emuna, and then he had he was machshiv it. He thought it. The emuna, his emuna was transformed, was himshich, was drawn into his machshava, into his awareness, into his conscious relationship with the world. And not only to his thinking. Then to bring it to all of the chayut, all of the vitality throughout the body, for all of it to be attached. Look back at the Midrash. The Midrash says in the future, I will give you chokhmah It's that anishamala that will give vitality to your whole being. Here the Rebbe says, This is the way Torah learning needs to be. We saw before the Rebbe speaking about this in the beginning of the revelation of Torah, the first words at Mount Sinai, the Rebbe relates to this kind of touching our own individual connection with God. And here the Rebbe says, all Torah learning needs to really, truly follow this process. If you notice in the order of the blessings over Torah, the first blessing is that God teaches Torah. The second blessing is not in the Torah, God gives it. He says, the giving of Torah relates to what it says in Parsha Kitisa, that God gave the Torah, the Luchot, to Moshe, upon completing speaking to him. Look at how the Rebbe reads this. After the speaking, after the learning, after in the brachot, teaching Torah, there is netina, there is giving. And so too at Harsinai, after speaking with Moshe, after intimate communication, then there is giving. After that, by the way, on that level of intimate connection, Chazal reads this pasuk, the, the pasuk there is written, the rabbis say, 
God gave Moshe the Torah as if Moshe was God's bride. It's a kind of intimate giving, a transmission of belovedness and of utter attachment and commitment to one another. Moshe received the Torah like God's bride at this point. Why is it that giving follows speaking? Because in speaking, in speaking with Moshe, God gave to Moshe of God's own self. The Rebbe here is kind of hyperlinking, referencing two components here, which is we learn about God from our own experience of life. And the Baal Shem Tov teaches, Nafshi Yatsa that when one speaks, the nefesh is carried over. We don't speak words to each other. Speaking is the way in which we share self with one another. So too, he says, from the way it is between us, so too it is with God communicating with us. When God communicates with Moshe at Har Sinai, the dibur is not merely a kind of instruction from the mighty creator to the human. God is giving God's self. There is a transmission of self between God and Moshe. This is what took place on Sinai. First, the dibur. First, the limur, the teaching the sharing, unetina, but then comes the giving. Giving. Giving, something can be given that has nothing to do with you or me. I can give you something that has no inherent value or meaning from me to you. There's, in Yechezkel, God says, I've given you bad Chukim, bad laws, but I've given it to you. They can be giving, can be done in a way that lacks intimacy, that lacks goodness, that lacks connection, that lacks self. Therefore, the order that the Rebbe is noticing here is mitchila limu, and the first step is always, you are my teacher, you are the one who speaks to me, you have, you are transmitting from yourself to myself. It's the ani, again, the I, the self that is being transmitted, that is giving. Then there's, it's yours. Then you can have what I'm giving you because it's first me showing myself to you. And after I've shown myself to you, I'm ready to give it so that it can become yours. This is the This is imbibing, taking in that which God has transmitted in an intimate way and allowing it to become part of my self and even the separate parts of self, the separate experience of self that can be defined, colored, and, and nourished by that that more root connection of Ani. So there he says, anytime we learn Torah, this is how we approach it. Look at our brachot, you are the teacher, and then you're a notin. And it's only after I experience you as my teacher, as my guide, as the one who gives yourself to me, that you then give it to me and say, okay, now you go and do yours. Now you go and be you, but first receive me. By the way, the Rabbi's commenting this whole drasha is on the psukim of the Birkat Kohanim, which he doesn't make this link explicit here. But I can't help but think that he's saying this in the context that every time we make the Birkat Torah, 
think about what we say next. The next thing we say every morning when we make the blessings of our Torah is these psukim of Hashem telling Moshe to instruct the Kohanim, to bless Bnei Yisrael, to say the Birch Kohanim, and then put the name of God upon them and the Ani of Archimel. It's I who will bless them. The Ani is going to bless them. That's anytime I say Birch Torah, those are the psukim I say next. As if to say that somehow that encompasses this entire primal idea of what it means to receive Torah. I'm going to paraphrase a bit of the next piece and then jump to the end for time's sake here. Rebbe goes on and says, The learning from the Ani. How do I learn from the self of God? How do I become a vessel, a student, a bride to hear what God wants to share with me, it's through this emunah that he's been describing tonight. It's through accessing and coming into contact with myself that's rooted beyond my own limitations, which in an experiential way, as he fleshed out, might actually feel like an awareness of how distant and separate I am. And the desperate call from somewhere even deeper within me that desires closeness. Why does that work? I believe that works because the part of me that I access there, while it feels in a sense at the edge of despair and at the edge of rechuk and distance, it is actually that kernel of the voice of the knowing of how attached I am in a fundamental way, and it is the voice of yearning to bring myself into that mode of relationship that part of me is so pained because it still knows to be true, still knows to be accessible. And I access it by subsuming the entirety of myself into that seed of a call. And in calling, without grasping, without knowing, without fully comprehending, I actually come a little bit closer into contact. It's that point of connection that lives in the underbelly of the edge of despair, of the point of hopelessness when we access our pain and yearning and longing that exists beyond that. We actually Sometimes without fixing the situation, we, we touch something that is enlivening, even in this moment that seems like there's nowhere to move, to be, to turn. And it's even that point of self that exists beyond this situation and this moment and its confines. It's that sense of self that I believe is the real root of our pain in those moments. Because we're only pained, only is the wrong word, but it's a pain that is increased and amplified by the sense of there is something else. There is something beyond this. Like the Chamim say, dead flesh feels no pain. If I've already been so numbed, and don't know 
of a reality that is other, so my pain is silenced. But it was only when the king of Egypt who decreed all the horrors upon Bnei Israel died that the children of Israel took a moment and screamed and wailed in their pain because they were too numbed to that moment to even feel the pain of it. But having a sense of release, of possibility, of there being another reality, another possible configuration for them, more life than they had known until then, they touched that when that pharaoh died, and then they just cried in pain. And Chazal notices here that the cries aren't even directed to God, but God hears them and accepts them and becomes part of their story again at that moment. It doesn't always feel like revelation. That's what I'm trying to say here. This emunah might feel like the opposite of emunah, that I have no path forward. But the Rebbe's encouraging us in those moments to rest and dig and dwell even deeper into the voice beneath our despair, the voice that the part of me that can call and pull myself toward that which I don't know and to just be with that calling. This is a taste of emunah, Bahashem. This is a taste of contacting an ani, a sense of self that has the lasting power and resilience to be there beneath all of my pain, to be there at the root and base of my reality when I can look around me and see no way forward. There is a there is a me, an I, that lives there. There he ends and explains finally those opening verses. What does this have to do with the Birkat Kohanim? Comes and he says, the brachot of the Kohanim aren't specific. They don't say, God will give you, we'll bless you with money, with health. No. Rak stam. It's generic. We'll give you blessing. We'll guard you, protect you. God will light God's face to you. Doesn't tell us. What, it, what are we actually being blessed with? There's a lot of nice things people have to say about this and explain what it means. But based on what we've said until now, Place my name upon the Israel. What are the Kohanim being told to do here? What is their job through their bracha? Again, they're not giving us a blessing with about anything in particular. What are they actually doing? They're some some which Israel. They are placing my name upon them, which is attaching Hashem to Israel and Israel Hashem. They're basically reminding us of this core connection that each one of us has with our Creator. By the way, Ya'er Hashem Panavelecha. What is it? What are what is given to us? What is the blessing of God's face lighting up toward us? Of God protecting us, of blessing us. This is a particular point of contact between each one of us and God. 
that's being spoken up here. It's a powerful kavanah as a parent when I give this bracha to my children. Am I blessing them with particulars or am I blessing them with these qualities of fundamental connection? So the Rebbe says there, the blessing is placing the name of God. It's bringing them close, bringing them close, us and God, close to each other. It's a kind of connection, and this is why it's not specific blessings, because it's a connection that transcends the pratiyutakelim, those vessels of particularity. I want to give you this. I hope you have this. I hope you're protected in this way. No, this is a point of connection that transcends the details. And it's something that even transcends the specific needs that each one of us has. It is a self-meeting a self. It is an essential connection. And then what can flow from there, place my name upon them, connect me with them, let them know of their closeness with me. This duke here, what is it that's bringing in Nourishing, filling in the details of their needs and of their lives. Ani, they're connected to that nishamala, and that is the source of where the bracha will enter in the pratyut kol into the intimate details of each and every one of them and their needs. There's a lot here. Hmm. And be blessed. So much me, Be blessed to know, to not know, but to come into contact with that intimate point of connection, that ani, that rests and lives deep inside each one of us, and that is lamaala, that is beyond, that transcends, that lives with us in all of our experiences and isn't confined by any of them. Many of these recordings are from Rabbi Ami's ongoing weekly classes given at Yeshivat Sharei Shalom in Jerusalem. For more information, go to shalom.org.il forward slash about. This podcast is supported in part from a grant from the Hadar Institute. The music is by Rav Daniel Cohn. The audio engineer is David Kwan. For more from the Shefa Podcast Network, visit our Facebook page and please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts.